Hello, family. I hope you guys are having a great day and an even better week. Today is Polypub Wednesday, and I will be getting into the crime bill of 1994. So what it was, what it did, and some painful lasting effects that it's had in modern history. So the crime bill of 1994 was the largest crime bill ever signed in U.S. history. It put 100,000 cops in the streets of black and brown communities. It added $9.7 billion into prisons and $6.1 billion into quote-unquote prevention. It was an omnibus bill, meaning that it was a large piece of legislation that packed little bills inside of it in order to get more Democratic and Republican support, which we would call bipartisan support, which has a higher likelihood of passing in Congress and it allows politicians to kind of sneak little bills inside of it. So the crime bill also included the Violence Against Women Act, which is why a lot of senators like Bernie Sanders supported this bill in 1994, but they also warned against the detrimental implications that this has for Black and Brown communities. So in order to get into the crime bill, we have to look at kind of a history that leads up to tough on crime policy and things of that nature. So in 1861, we've got the start of the Civil War. Halfway through that in 1863, we've got the passage of the Emancipation Proclamation, which said, if you're Black and enslaved, we're going to set you free. But if you go to jail, you're shit out of luck. And I'll go into that a little bit later. And so in 1865, when the Civil War was ending, we've got the passage of Black codes that were passed in particular in the South. But small caveat, the North also had Black codes that were passed like way before the Civil War. So like in 1832. So this isn't just a Southern issue. It's a national issue. But Black codes were designed to restrict Black life in the South in particular and to beef up the free labor force in the United States and add to the chain gangs and add to mass incarceration. And that means that Black people are going to be jailed for petty crimes like whistling at a white woman like Emmett Till or not getting off the sidewalk when a white person is walking by. This makes them property of the state, which essentially enslaves them again. So from 1865 to 1964, that's nearly 100 years of history, we see a rebranding of Black codes and chain gangs and free and cheap labor. Fast forward six years to the 70s, which brought the war on drugs. Fuck Nixon for all that shit, because... It further criminalized Black and brown people, it demonized the consumption of cannabis, and it filled the jails and prisons with Black and brown bodies. This leads to the introduction of tough-on-crime policy. Tough-on-crime essentially is code word for, we about to jail you niggas, we about to lock y'all up, we about to stop and frisk. It does not mean that there's a dedication to transforming our justice system or... um putting money towards preventative measures, it does not mean any of that. Tough on crime essentially means, look, if you black and brown and you caught wrong place, wrong time, your ass is getting locked up. So we're going to fast forward to the 90s in 1994 in particular, where we have this crime bill that perpetuated this same system of black codes, of chain gangs, of mass incarceration, the same system that terrorized black and brown bodies and especially black bodies in the U.S. And I have family that's been affected by this bill. And I'm sure many families across the U.S. have experienced either three strikes rule with their family members or just implications under the crime bill. Joe Biden and Bill Clinton knew about this painful history. They had the context on what tough on crime policies do to black and brown communities. 
They understood that being tough on crime attacks and targets communities of color. The crime bill also led to three strike laws or habitual offender laws. So that means like three strikes and you're out for life. This law was signed the same year. So there's a lot of little pieces of legislation that were spawned from the crime bill of 1994, which is why like I'm building up to it. But so many Black people support Joe now and supported Bill Clinton back then, despite the authorization and passing of the most destructive bill in modern history. And I'm not saying, like, don't vote for Joe Biden because, like, I cannot deal with another four years of Donald Trump. But that's to say we can vote for him, but also push for more progressive pieces of legislation and also push for restitution for the consequences of this bill and restitution looks like not making robbery a violent crime because we've got to look at poverty we've got to contextualize why people commit certain crimes creating rehab programs and re-entry programs for people that are been jailed or suffering from addiction or suffering from poverty releasing nonviolent drug offenders legalizing cannabis because we know it's not a schedule one drug by definition until there is direct corrective measures to combat the impacts of this crime bill, there's no letting Joe Biden off the hook, period. Because another thing that was spawned from the 1994 crime bill is the school-to-prison pipeline. So we see over-policing of Black kids in schools that leads to suspension, that leads to expulsion, that leads to alternative school, which inevitably leads to juvenile detention centers. And when we're talking about the school-to-prison pipeline, we have to remember a modern example with Grace, who's currently in a juvenile detention center because she violated her probation. She wasn't able to keep up with virtual learning, which a lot of us were not prepared to keep up with. We abruptly switched from in-person to essentially Zoom University. She's got ADHD. She's a sophomore in high school. There were no virtual accommodations for her she fell back on her assignments and now she's in juvenile detention center for not turning in assignments this is the over policing of black kids this is the over policing of black girls in particular this is the school to prison pipeline to jail a a, a minor for not turning in her assignment in an unprecedented time when we're talking about our education system during a pandemic I mean, it's completely absurd. So it even has modern day implications where now she's been to juvie. She's violated her probation. I mean, that real, that, that, that stops her from getting into most universities, from getting multiple jobs in the future. I mean, it, it, it literally skews the trajectory of a kid's life. We're building what we want to see in the U.S. We're saying, okay, well, as per the 1994 bill, as a state, I'm being paid to build jails. So I'm going to over-criminalize Black people in schools. I'm going to arrest them for petty crimes. I'm going to stop and frisk. I'm going to lean into my implicit bias and just assume that this Black person is up to no good. We build what we want to see. Like I'm saying, you want to build schools? You want to build a more educated populace? build schools. If you want to get money and profit off of free cheap labor, you build jails. And for, you know, states like Louisiana, where I'm from, 
that's the mass incarceration capital of the world, you have to look at implications of a bill like this. It's not universally applied. So whenever we're voting for Joe in November, whenever we're um, supporting the Democratic establishment and we see tough on crime, we need to communicate like we know what tough on crime means. We know that you're using this as a tactic to get both Democratic and Republican support. But we also know the implications of that. We also know that black and brown communities are going to be policed and jailed at a disproportionate rate. We also know that in our school systems, when you're having them pass through metal detectors and you're stopping and frisking elementary school kids, we know what implications that has for the trajectories of their life. So I hope you guys gained a lot from this episode and I hope you learned a lot of the history of the crime bill of 1994, why we should be critical of Joe Biden and not only vote for him, but push for more progressive legislation. I hope you guys just overall understand the importance of focusing on tough on crime bills, especially when they're coming from Democrats that present themselves to be benevolent politicians. So please comment, like, and DM. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Did you learn something new? Is this something that you've known all along? Either way, I want you to interact. I want you to say happy, stay healthy. Please, please wear that motherfucking mask. And y'all stay in the family. I love y'all. Bye.